Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you're doing well. My name is Ange Matrone, and I will be your host. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, the one and only Keaton Tucker. Thank you. It's good to be here. I feel honored. Yeah, Keaton, his nickname is Meaton because is. he's a, a giant meathead. That That's, had to have happened by accident. Yeah. You know on the keyboard where the M is right next to the K? Yeah. Someone typed that in and it stuck. Yeah, they, they screwed up. Because if they would have <laughs> only known what you would look like, they would have just <laughs> called you Meaton. Uh, but hey, Keaton is the Life Group's pastor for our young adult ministry here in Denver, Colorado. Has done an amazing job getting hundreds and hundreds of young adults plugged into community. And Keaton, you're getting married soon, huh? Ten days. Wow. Like, it's here. And you know, a couple months ago, it felt like it was years away yeah and now it's like here we go this is gonna be awesome can you believe that chelsea <laughs> said yes to you no and i'm like actually no i can't <laughs> you know that that's when you know you got a good um, one though she like she's awesome she wanted somebody cool and i'm just not <laughs> like and it's really exposed when you get to know somebody <laughs> <He's> i like, <laughs> love it but 10 days man that's gonna be a whole new journey yeah. of, of life and uh-huh. So excited for uh-huh. you. Uh, why don't you share a, a quick kind of story of how, how you got to be the young adult uh, life groups pastor here? And- I uh, I never thought I would ever work in ministry, never wanted to work in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, six years ago, never wanted anything to do with God. And wow. here I am. I went to school to study banking, finance specifically, wanted to work in New York. Wow. Um, had a radical encounter of Jesus after Sean preached a message on the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. I was in Texas at the time, moved home to Colorado in 2015, jumped right in, interned 2016. Wow. Um, one of the greatest years of my life. Yeah. And yep. then, so if you're thinking about interning, please intern. It. It's, it'll change your life. Yep. Interned at another church in 2017 and was hired by Red Rocks for the group's position in young adults in 2018, and mm. here I am. It's awesome. Yeah. It, isn't it crazy when, when you say yes to Jesus yeah. that the whole trajectory of your life it changes? It changes. Oh, my gosh. And it hasn't been an yeah. easy ride, but it's been a, a beautiful ride for you, right? It's been yeah. So um, and it's, it's funny because there's not really words that adequately capture yeah. what it's like when you say yes because it was both terrifying and exciting, Yeah. hard and easy. Like, mm. It's unexplainable. It's awesome. And I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Well, Keaton's done an amazing job mm-hmm. for us. And, and, and part of why uh, we wanted to have Keaton on the podcast today is because uh, we're going to talk about something that I think every single one of us really desires and, and God desires for us. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to talk about today is I think something that a lot of people can struggle with, especially at, at this season of life, kind of post post high school, maybe post college. Mm-hmm. Um, and today we're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about our relationships. A lot of times we tend to go towards dating relationships. We're talking about marriage, things like that, because I think a lot of young adults are in that kind of season. But today we're going to talk specifically about friendships. Yeah. Because I think that friendships is is a life driver Mm -hmm. for so many things in this season of life. And, you know, I think that this season of COVID 
has brought up a lot of things for people when it comes to this topic. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? Yeah. It really amplified like COVID and all that came with it because yeah. it's been it's been nuts in 2020. And right. COVID really amplified whatever was going on in people's hearts mm-hmm. and in their wherever they lived and in their community. So people who were already in community on their way towards deep community, they became more intentional. They, their group got better. I had a group leader this week tell me that uh, her group got her through COVID, wow. which was awesome. And then there's, I think there's another response where people really realized how isolated and alone they were. And wow. um, that's been a very difficult for a lot of people, a difficult thing for a lot of people to work through. Mm-hmm. You've seen it play out where people made shifts in their priorities and what they gave their time to. And then you've also seen it uh, come out in what you see on the news, what you see on the news, like the, the, there's riots, protests, there's, you know, all sorts of stuff you can see. But if you look underneath, if you were to see these people's spirits, you'd see a lot of very lonely, isolated people who have now become angry because they're so disconnected from humanity. And that's what it is. They're yeah. disconnected from other people. And it's really like the surface stuff can kind of be fixed once you get to the depth of that's, you know, if you're isolated, you will be disconnected from humanity and all sorts of stuff comes of that. Yeah. So, so in other words, you're saying that this season has exposed a lot of things that, yes, that people were already feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and so if, if you felt like you didn't have much community before or felt lonely before, it, it probably, this season has probably mm-hmm. amplified that. Mm-hmm. If you had great, healthy friendships and relationships, mm-hmm. Um, a difficult season amplifies that and shows you where you were actually at with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this generation is really interesting, kind of the millennial, but but really young millennials and some of the older Gen Z, kind of, kind of the, the people that we really minister the most. You know, we've heard it said before that we're the most connected generation, but the most lonely we've ever been. Mm-hmm. Like at this time in history, uh, we've never known more people, but felt less known. I came across this research study done by Cigna, who's the the health insurance group, and they found that 54% of people feel lonely or isolated. And when you do some research on loneliness, it's quite fascinating um, scientific studies that have been taking place when it comes to like this topic of loneliness, that loneliness, it affects physical and mental and spiritual well-being. It causes health problems. It weakens immune system, damages sleep cycles. And so no wonder that we are the most anxious, depressed, doctor-prescribed, self-medicated people mm-hmm. to ever walk the planet yeah. because we have no real um, connections. And from what we read, Biblically, this was never God's intention for us. No, never. And actually, it's coming out in, in neurosciences is confirming what we've known from the biblical story all along that we are here for connection. Yeah. Like uh, Brene Brown is probably the leading speaker in the world on this topic. And if you aren't connected to people, all these things start to happen. And, and it's kind of it's interesting. Um, fi- uh, spiritual problems stuff in your soul manifests in your body. And that's why you start to see people who are anxious and it feels it's in their body and their their the loneliness actually causes a lot of stress and um God never intended that for anybody. There's a story in Luke 13 
um, it says this woman is has been bound by Satan for 18 years. She's and she's crippled. She's bent over, is what the Bible says. And there's actually a a stress related disease, chronic stress related disease, tied to loneliness. And the mm. stress is so intense that it causes the muscles to contract, so that you you your body starts to bend over. Wow. So if she's been, and the longer it goes on, the more the the more the muscles contract and they get tense, and you become like almost like a like a rock. Mm. And you know it says Satan bound her. So did Satan cause her to? I, well, I don't know about that, but I know that Satan is known for his lies. And when you take a lonely person and you feed them a lot of lies and then you put them in a culture where no one will talk to you, look at you, be a part of your life, it gets worse and worse and worse. And Jesus comes, he speaks, and he touches her, and she's healed. So, yeah, chronic loneliness, stress-related loneliness will have physical effects on your body. It's very real. Mm. It's not just, you know, you you hear people often say it with good intentions, all you need is God. And I was like, I think God would probably be like, yes, but no. Actually, if yeah, I don't, do, don't, don't put people on a pedestal. No, that that you you need people to to mm-hmm. um to heal you or yeah. to save you. Yeah. Um, but but God is very very clear that yeah. community is is so important for for a lot of these reasons. It's so important, and yeah. every person you know, especially Christians. Every person has the Imago Dei imprinted on them. Mm. Everybody you know has a personal relationship with Jesus. And, you know, a lot of times because we are so isolated, we forget that. Mm. And it has, there's, I mean, there can be a communal aspect to our relationship with Jesus that we're really, we're missing out on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I think that we kind of have this, a, a pseudo community where we have this, we have this thought that I'm far more connected than than what I am, yep. but then you you hit a season like this, yep. um, and and you find yourself really really struggling, mm. and I, I even had a moment in in this mm. this season of COVID where I was like I feel lonely, mm. I feel lonely right now, and it it affected me yeah. in, in a big way. I I was yeah. like. And, and but part of it was I allowed myself to get to a place of isolation, mm-hmm. and I think that the enemy works best in isolation because when the enemy can get you isolated, mm-hmm. he can begin to feed all sorts of stuff to you yeah. and lies. And so maybe you're sitting here, you're listening, yeah. and you've begun to believe things about yourself in this season that you've never believed before, and it might be because you've allowed yourself to be so isolated. Yeah. And so, so with, with all that being said, like. Mm-hmm. You know, you've worked with so many young adults, getting them into community. That's been your, yeah. your life. Like you've devoted yep. your life to looking at a twenty-something, being like, "We need to get you in yep. good, healthy community." Yep. What do you find is one of the biggest roadblocks to, to young adults finding healthy Christian community? And I'm not just talking mm-hmm. about community, because yeah. anybody can can go to a bar, yeah. um, and find community, yeah. um, people to be around. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think is the biggest roadblocks of young adults finding healthy Christian biblical community? Yeah. Uh, this question I've, I've thought about a lot because there's a lot of answers that you could give. Yeah. And, and the one that I've come to think this is the top reason is what I call hyper individualism that I can do, achieve all of my goals 
fulfill my life on my own. Mm. Other people are there along to like keep me company, but it's, it's a very different uh, cultural narrative that the West lives in. And it actually precedes our culture. We were kind of born into that cultural narrative. And, um, you know, people have become a means of, of someone to people to have fun with to, but not to be known. And watch a game with. Watch a game have with. Have a beer yeah. with, whatever it is yeah. that you want to do, yeah. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Someone to play golf with, which none of that's bad, but it lacks a, an intimate depth. Right. And throughout the Bible, there's, there's two redemption stories going on. Uh, there's the redemption story between God and man, and then there's the redemption between all of us together. Mm-hmm. Because the, at the fall, the first separation that happened was between two people. It was between Adam and Eve, and then... Cain and Abel, and and so there is a disconnect that God heals through Jesus and through his spirit and through his church. Mm. But that story takes place within what's called Hellenism, and Hellenism happens just to be the cultural cultural narrative that we were born into. Mm. And so if I can get a little nerdy, I'm going to talk a little history. Do it. Be nerdy. I'm going to be nerdy. Because Connor's not here today, so (laughs) so we need some kind of nerd in here, you know? I got it. Okay, Alexander the Great. You've heard of him. I've heard, I've heard oh, of him. Oh, yeah. yeah. He conquered a big chunk of land. Right. Alexander the Great didn't have a Roman occupational army. He had a very good conquering army, but he didn't have the manpower to occupy places to maintain his empire. So he had to come up with a new way to basically control the people in his empire. Mm. And he created what's called Hellenism. Hellenism has four basic tenets, and these, these will sound familiar. Um uh, education, which they called, I believe it's pronounced gymnasio, or we'd call university, uh, healthcare, uh, competition, or the Olympics, um, and then uh, entertainment theater was mm-hmm. for them. And those four things are still the primary drivers in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this, this worked well for Alexander because w- basically what he did is he played on people's self interest and their own desires that are in there. Mm-hmm. He moved man from um, the outside to the center of the universe. And that's why all Greek gods look like people because effectively what he's trying to get is the individual is God hmm. and you control your destiny. That's where um, self-determination, I believe is the term, came from. And it, it has played out into our, our culture and you can actually see it, you know, moving up through university, uh, healthcare is literally part of every political debate ever mm-hmm. because it's a big driver of human, for humans. And none of those are bad, but by moving the individual to the center of the world, it means I am here for me to move up, to realize my goals, to establish myself. Even t- people may not say this, but they're, they're chasing it to save myself. Mm-hmm. Every person's on a salvation journey. They are, and they find means to go about it. And that is the biggest driver, I think. It plays out in many different ways for many people, but... If you ask yourself, um, our listeners could ask themselves, how often do you use the word my Mm. in a day? Mm. And that's because the cultural narrative you were born into emphasizes you. Right. It's true. We we even play it out in the church um, when we talk about my call, my gift, my, and and the the biblical narrative is all almost always communal Mm. with an emphasis on the individual within community. Hellenistic cultures like ours is emphasis on the individual at the cost of society. Yeah. Which is so interesting. No, that's, that's really great thought. And I, I do think that 
we sometimes get to places in life where it's like, I don't need anybody mm-hmm. because I have in me whatever it is that I want to accomplish. Yeah. And so I don't really need anybody. Uh-huh. And yeah. I've had this thought, I think that the older I get, that the more that I see this true, is that I think that the older older we get, the more relational shrapnel mm-hmm. we've experienced because yeah. you've had like the really ugly breakup, mm-hmm. you've experienced abuse, or you had the friend who yeah. who bailed on you or, or left you or whatever it might be. They weren't there for you when you thought that they should be. And so so those kind of moments emphasize yeah. the the feeling of, you know what? Mm-hmm. I tried to do this with people mm-hmm. and it just didn't really work out. And so sometimes the older that we get, the more shrapnel that we've experienced. And so the easier it is to keep people at an arm's distance because Mm -hmm. at the first sign of a relationship going south Mm -hmm. or someone not being who you thought they were going to be or who you think that they should be and how they play into your world, uh, we we begin to kind of turn and and it um, proves our point Mm -hmm. of, you know what, life is just kind of, I have people that I'll hang out with. Yeah go to the bars with, do whatever, talk about games, have over for the game, whatever. Um, but when it comes to like really letting someone into my life, the vulnerability of who I am and the, the brokenness that I actually am, yeah. um, man, we we really keep people at arm's distance. I think we're all guilty of it, Christian or yep. not, we're all Absolutely. guilty of that. Yeah, well, and that's an easy solution to not feeling lonely because it works, Yeah, it keeps you. But you won't, you just you miss out on the experience of, of part of the abundant life that Jesus promised because right. you're not known. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's an easy, I'd say, you know, people do hurt people. Mm-hmm. They do. And it's, it's tough. And, um, you know, from a 30,000 foot level, I think I've seen two major type of wounds that keep people from getting in community. Uh, one, I would say are wounds to the spirit um, and then the other word I'd say is wounds to the flesh or to the ego. Mm-hmm. Wounds to the spirit are those wounds that they're either bred when people um, sin against you or you sin against them. They're they're deep. They're mm-hmm. those words that you remember and play at night in your head. They're they're really detrimental. And the power of those wounds is shame. Mm-hmm. And it will keep you from entering community by the power of shame because shame wants to stay in the dark. It doesn't want to be known. Right. Yeah. And um, the only way to defeat that is to talk about it. You bring shame to the light when you confess it or you're vulnerable, it loses all of its power over yeah. you. Yep. It, but it's it's the scariest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you have one of those spirit wounds, any of our listeners, I, I encourage you, tell somebody. Mm-hmm. Tell somebody you do life with. I promise that you will experience not condemnation, mm-hmm. but you will experience love. Especially if you're going to do it through a Christian community, you will experience levels of love that just drive that shame out. Yeah. And then the wounds to the flesh, these are these are more the wounds that keep you from like, you'll go to the bars with people, you'll hang out with people, but you won't be known. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might call the, you could call it the ego. The ego loves to be puffed up. In the New Testament, it's called the flesh. Um, relationships need to, are designed to help kill the flesh so that you're, who God created you to be can rise up. Mm. A puffed up... Um, Ego, though, uh, leads to self-importance. Uh, you're always measuring yourself against other people. Mm-hmm. 
you know you've got an ego problem when you've looked in your closet 13 times before you go out and you're <laughs> constantly measuring what people are look who what do they think of me when you walk into a room Keaton, why are you calling me out sorry just kidding i wear this <laughs> black shirt six Milana, don't shake your head in agreement <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you, it's a lot easier if you just go with the same outfit all the time. It's true. Yeah. Then it's, but, you know, relationships are designed to help kill that flesh so that you can rise up and become exactly who you want. Yeah. But when the ego dominates, it it, it's, it keeps you from being connected. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think intentional community, it takes effort. And yeah. it takes um, a level of compromise. Not compromising your values, but it takes a level of, of compromise because it's yes. another person who has their needs and, and their desires. And, um, and, and so it takes effort because unintentional community doesn't take effort. And I think that we're looking for the easiest yes. way to experience what it is that we want to experience. Yeah. But real community, I think the, that God calls us to and desires mm-hmm. for us, where we actually feel needed and known, yeah. uh, it can get really messy yeah. and really ugly because I, I'm going to let you in. Mm-hmm to something about my life that happened to me or I did, and I'm trusting Mm -hmm. that you're going to care for that. And I think that's why for fellas, Mm -hmm. that's a really difficult thing. Uh, Because fellas, we want to be cool, macho, whatever, but we want to keep everything at the surface. Mm -hmm. But the reality is I don't care how macho, strong, cool you are, you lay your head to rest at night. And you say, I wish someone really knew. I wish that I could really tell somebody what's going on in my heart and my soul. I wish that I could tell someone what happened to me when I was younger. I've never told anybody. Mm -hmm. I wish that I had that. Mm -hmm. And you can go for yourself. Please, whatever we're saying, go go find out for yourself in Scripture. Please don't take every word we're saying. Uh, Take it as a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we... We desire that, but that yeah. takes effort. And that's why I think, though, why people run from it because they did that once yeah, and it went south for them. And yeah. so I'm never going to do that again because last yeah. time, I, you know, so that's why it takes some tender love and care to find the Dude. right people uh, to engage in relationship yeah. with so that we can experience what it is that God wants us to experience. Yeah. yeah. I will say this about men. Men actually, they do carry more shame. Absolutely. Than most people know. Yeah. Most men that you know, that I know, feel small and weak on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really devastating to our culture. And you know, to your point, you know, I'm when you let people in, you are trusting somebody. So if somebody is opening up to you, be so tender yeah. and gentle with them and kind because if you're not, they will retreat back into themselves. Yeah. Um yeah. There's a, they do take work. They take effort. They take a lot. Relationships take a large level of humility. Yeah. I think one of the best passages in the scriptures is Philippians chapter two. It's verses uh, three through eight. Best passage in the scripture for community and for relationships. And it ta- he, Paul writes about how Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. And right before that, he talks about do nothing out of selfish ambition. Mm. Don't look to your own interests. So, Humility in relationships, it'll feel like crucifixion for a while mm. because your flesh is dying. Yeah. And it's it's the best thing that can happen to you. But eventually, not it won't even take that long. There's a almost you could call it a resurrection of the spirit inside of you that God gave you that flourishes within Christ centered community. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's really good. So yeah, it's 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 not easy. Mm-mm. It takes effort. Yep. Um, and it it, it takes uh, just like any any relationship that you want to thrive. Yeah. You you want your marriage to thrive with Chelsea, yeah. yes, and I it's do. not going to happen Mm-mm. by you sitting on the couch eating potato nope. chips and binging Netflix. No. It's going to take extreme intentionality yep. and yep. compromise and grace. Yeah. Same thing for relationships and. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was a youth pastor for, for almost a decade. And when I was a youth pastor, it was so interesting because you're kind of watching high school, middle schools and high schools kind of have their first real taste of actual relationships yep. and starting to like have friendships that, um, mm-hmm. influence them. And I started noticing a lot of interesting things about relationships <laughs> with, with teenagers. And the, the reality is, is yep. that. That's kind of where we start, and that's where a lot of people, that's their foundation for their current yeah. relationships. And here's what I found about teenagers in relationships, mm-hmm. and tell me if this relates to probably a young adult, <laughs> uh, that relationships are, are oftentimes formed in one of two ways. Mm-hmm. That relationships are often formed based off of common interests mm-hmm. or common struggles. Yeah. So, so I have community based off of common interests. We're friends mm-hmm. because we uh, have the same sports. We like the same sports team. Um, we, we, we like the same places to go to eat or bar. Mm-hmm. We, we like the same things. And so we can talk about things and keep things very surfacey. But I mm-hmm. like you because we share yeah. common interests. Um, or common struggles is what I saw with a lot of teenagers yeah. where it's like, hey, this group of friends, every single one of them, their parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, every single student in this clique uh, deals with depression. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that hasn't changed a lot, like that your common struggle is depression, same past struggle, same current struggles, the same boss that you guys hate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think a lot, of, a lot of relationships um, are, are made that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm not here to knock your relationships. Those, those are fine, whatever. Yeah. But I do think uh, these kind of relationships are the ones that – aren't always going to push you in the direction that God is pushing you. And mm-hmm. I think that some of the best relationships are when we share not common interests or common struggles, but where we share common values. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. What do you, so could you like flush out, what do you mean by common values? Yeah. I, I, th- I think when I, I say common values, I'm thinking that you, you carry the same faith values that, that maybe you don't see eye to eye on every biblical principle, but but yeah. you share the same value of, I love Jesus, yeah. I believe he went to the cross for me, and I'm going to mm. put my faith and I'm going to devote my mm. life to him. Yeah. Uh, the, the common value of of lifestyle, that yeah. you, you've chosen to live your life the, the same way, you have the same kind of, of moral compass, mm. and... And so I think that that's what I what I mean when when it's common values, yeah. because if it's common interests or common struggles, when that struggle is removed, mm-hmm. where's the foundation of your? It's gone. You both hate that boss, and you guys have so much relationship talking bad about that boss. When that yep. boss is gone, you realize, oh, we kind of had some false intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to find someone else to team up on. Yeah, like, seriously, yeah, but. Yeah, um, common interests, and I would agree, common interests, common struggles uh, are things where people initially bond. Mm-hmm. Those are fine. Um, yeah. Especially, I will say, uh, struggles or suffering, mm-hmm. there is something special about that because it does create solidarity between yeah. people in a way. 
Like you put two cancer survivors in a room right. and they will instantly feel more connected than yeah. you and I ever will over football. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that those either one, they can't be the thing. Right. Because they they're they're transient. They're not eternal. Mm-hmm. And C. S. Lewis in his book, I think it's Mere Christianity, makes a really important point about how relationships need a third thing that's eternal in order for there to be depth and mm. true connection. And that's why, you know, Jesus and his kingdom are, are so important. The like the manifold wisdom of God in not only dying for the sins of the world, but um, everything else that God accomplished in one man, in one act, is 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 unbelievable. And he made a way for there to be a common location, which is the kingdom of God, for people to right. bond over, a common king, a common teacher, a common friend, a common mm-hmm. spirit. Like and those things are all eternal. And so you wanna you wanna hold those close and talk about Jesus often without neglecting your other stuff. We're not, don't neglect it. Right. Just don't make it the thing. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that, that's interesting. You know, so I think that someone here, they're, they're listening to this and they're struggling mm-hmm. in yeah. in community. They're like, okay, great. You guys have given a lot of ethereal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, thoughts. great, I know more. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know <laughs> more about community, yeah. whatever, yeah. Um, or how relationships are formed. But I'm actually sitting here listening, and I'm real talk. I'm I'm really lonely, and the relationships that I do have are are not not really life giving. Yeah. I, I have great friends around me, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's not it's not life giving. It's it's not giving me what what I know like deep down inside that I I really need. I even have Christian friends, yeah, who I'm not quite experiencing. Um, the kind of life that that I I need to I feel like God has for me. So, yeah. so what what are what are some things that I think that we can encourage some young adults? Like mm. how, how how do I get this? Yeah. How, how do I go about experiencing this this yeah. kind of community that you guys are telling me yeah. that I should have? That's a good question. Uh, to that person, I would say one. Um, I'm sorry that's happening. Mm. Like this is not what God intended. Um, it doesn't have to be this way forever. Right. And I know it probably feels like it's going to be that way forever. It doesn't have to be. Um, and, you know, no condemnation. But as a general rule, the thing you aren't receiving is probably the thing you're not given. Wow. It's just, just as a general rule of life. Say that one more time. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> the thing you're not receiving is also the thing you're not giving. Hmm. So if you're not feeling uh, love, connected, grace, con- within whatever community you have, you're probably also not giving it. Mm. We are very aware of the things we're not giving. And so I think for as a first step, if you're within, if you are within commu- some sort of friendship, do whatever you can to give more to that relationship, even if it's just with one person. Mm. Um, and you will see them reciprocate and you will see your relationship flourish. Um, if you are completely isolated and you have nobody, um, let's get you in a group. Um, Red Rocks Church, we do have groups available. Uh, we are also trying to start more groups. So if you're interested in starting a group, please email me. It's my first name at redrockschurch.com. We need group leaders so that people can not actually meetin', get... Not Meeton, Keaton. Not Keaton. Yes, yeah. not Meeton. Yeah. I, unless somebody set up a redirect. <laughs> we should. We're going to do that. Yeah. After this. That would be funny. <laughs> um, 
you know, and then, you know, for everyone who's kind of, you know, you're in between, you're not really on the extremes. Uh, one thing I would do, it's a great opportunity uh, this time in COVID is make a list of everything you give your time and energy and effort to throughout the week. Mm -hmm. um, and be specific, no condemnation of yourself, just analyze it, make a list. Uh, look at your screen time, both computer, TV, and your phone. Look at how much Netflix you watched. Look how much time you spent working. Um, how much time you spent with friends. You know, every, make a very detailed list. Mm -hmm. And then at the t after you've made the list, at the top of the list, put, did these things connect me to God and to people? Mm. Uh, because, we, you know, you could sum up the entire purpose of, of life is to know God and to know people. Mm. To be known by God and to be known by people. Yeah, Everything absolutely. else falls under those. We know that from the scripture and from neuroscience. So it's pretty solid. Because if those are missing, Nothing we'll else. just look for yeah. it's the, the age old, you'll try to fill that yeah. void with something else. Yeah, and yeah. it will be vanity. Like mm -hmm. You'll be living out Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Which no one wants that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so write that question at the top. And if these activities that you've given yourself to aren't connecting you to God and people. Let's put less energy and time towards them. Mm -hmm. Now don't take that as like, all right, I'm going to work four hours instead of eight. No, like, <laughs> that's not what I mean. Yeah, God also called you to work. Yeah, he did. Work is important. Maybe connect more with the people at work. Yeah. Put some effort there because they're probably feeling what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. I mean, 54% of people feel lonely and isolated. Yeah. Chances are, you know, somebody. Yeah. And I, I think like you can't, you can't allow yourself to be a victim. Mm -mm. I, like that that moment where I had where I was feeling really lonely, mm -hmm. I got myself to a place of being like, if people cared, yeah. they'd reach out. If people and <laughs> we yeah. start creating this narrative yeah. around like, well, maybe then I just need to move. Maybe I need to go somewhere mm -hmm. else because yep. the people and don't allow yourself yeah. to to play the the victim card yeah. in this season. Yeah. I, I've I've learned this. That when God calls you to something, mm -hmm. that I believe that God will grace you for it. Absolutely. And and so if God has called you to community, mm -hmm. and we can read that, then mm -hmm. He's going to grace you for it. Absolutely. He's going to um, He's going to create opportunities mm -hmm. for you to experience that. He's going to put you in places uh, where there's people where you can have community yeah. with, or you can at least influence mm -hmm. in a godly way. But the reality is, is that it's still just like everything else, just like faith, faith mm -hmm. is active. There yeah. is a level of intentionality where sometimes, sorry for my language, but you got to get your butt off the couch sometimes and yeah. engage with people like, I want this. Mm -hmm. I know God wants it for me. I believe that this is the best thing for me. Yeah. And um, uh, action is usually followed by belief. So if we believe that God wants it for me, I believe that it's the right thing for me, then I'm probably going to be active in it. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're not saying here, like, don't have friends who aren't Christians or, mm -hmm. or, or don't be friends of people or work that mm -hmm. have a completely different moral compass than you. Like, no, God puts you there yeah. to influence and love those people and care for them and, and yeah. learn from them and learn about the world and experience life. But... Um, yeah. the, the kind of community that is going to push you closer to Jesus has to be found with people who, who hold that same belief and desire for their life. Yes. In the Bible, especially in the New Testament, it's very clear you need both. Yeah. You got to have both. Otherwise, you create a Christian bubble mm. or you become a Christian with no fruit. Like wow. you need both. Um, both are important. Mm. Yeah. And so, 
you know, if you're, you don't even want to join a group, go across the street. The person you spend the most time with will become your next best friend. Yeah. You don't even have to have that many common interests because <laughs> you just spend a lot of time. and Especially in this yeah, season. Especially right now. Yeah. Go across the street. Knock on your roommate's door. Like, <laughs> get out. Yeah. I don't know if Mary, my next door neighbor, wants me knocking on her door, but um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for, for listening today. Mm-hmm. I think that wraps up our, our time here. Yeah. And I think that we could talk about this a lot. But I, I do encourage you, like I said before, man, pray about this. Seek God out on this. I think that it's it's so important. Mm-hmm. And and maybe you've been, you know, you are dealing with some shame in life. You're dealing with a lot of things in life. Let people in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to test it and, and to yeah. see. But um, anyways, can can we can we pray for you guys be, before uh, before we end this podcast and just kind of pray God's love and mercy over you in this season? Keep, will you pray for us? Absolutely. Uh, Father, we uh, thank you for this opportunity to, to use technology to talk to people about important things. And, and I, Father, I, I, I want to say thank you for every one of our listeners, everyone in our yeah. ministry. Um, we are doing our best to exalt your name, to become known by you and to know you. Um, and I ask for an abundance of grace and uh, during this time for all of our people. Uh, I ask for you to lead people into their next great friendship, yeah. um, to bring people together, to help us um, see our wounds for what they are, um, to know that it's okay to show our wounds the way Jesus showed his wounds. Mm. Um, and, Father, we love you. Thank you for all that you do and all that you are. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love if you'd subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use, leave a review, share it, or don't do any of that at all. We don't care. (laughs) We're just glad that you're listening. Uh, For real, though, we love you guys so much, and we will see you next week. Take care.